Green. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Monday morning, and unbelievable Monday morning, actually, uh, as far as uh, Philadelphia Eagle fans should be concerned. We will be throwing out a lot of high praise today on Birds 365. The Mac and Mac guys, Jody McDonald, along with my partner, John McMullen. Well, that was complete domination. What yeah, Mr. yeah. now let's call them frauds. You know, I was just on your Twitter account, and uh, you put uh, a little tease for the show. I saw you put it up there, and... There were a couple of replies calling the Eagles frauds because Dallas is higher on some kind of weird ranking. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what these people want. They can't be satisfied. So you can only do what's in front of you. I thought this was maybe the most um, disparity between talent uh, of, of the entire season. When I looked at what was going on with the Giants, not only, I mean, the Giants aren't a good football team, so I give Brian Dayball a ton of credit for getting them to where they are. But they're also really banged up. So you put that on top of it, and I said, "Woof, this is going to be a tough one." I didn't think it was going to be that tough. It's it wasn't as close as the final score. No, it really wasn't. No, it was not as close as the final score. Um, three possessions, three touchdowns to start the game. It was over. It was over. I I joked. Do you know Ira Thor? I, I didn't know Ira, but he's the press box guy at uh, at MetLife for Giants game. I, I don't know about Jets, but yeah, I don't think so. Um, he 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 came to the game with tremendous energy. Like he's an energy guy. Brandon Graham's an energy guy. Zach Berman's an energy. I always have tremendous respect for these people that just have great energy every day. He was so fired up. Everything you could hear in his voice after that third touchdown, they even beat down poor Ira Thor. I put it on Twitter and he replied back. He didn't have coffee, but no, it affected him. It affected him. It did. The It was complete and utter domination from, from the get-go, as you mentioned, right down the field, touchdown, first three possessions, touchdown. The defense was uh, making Daniel Jones's life difficult every single week, which, oh, by the way, speaking of those who – just you can't win over the philadelphia eagles now lead the national football league in sacks uh, yeah how about that 
they they surpassed the Cowboys yesterday to become the number one sack team in the National Football League. So please give it a rest on a Jonathan Gannon is not aggressive enough talk. They can't do it. They can't do it. They can't do it, Johnny. I don't know, you know. And I and I said it on set uh, with Seth last night, and obviously Seth's a big aggression guy. And I say it all the time. The comparison is not Buddy Ryan. It's not Jim Johnson. It's not Seth Joyner's defense. It's everybody else in 2022. That's the comparison. That's the comparison. And the Eagles play better defense. Maybe San Francisco's in the conversation. They can they can have an argument. But the Eagles play better defense than just about anybody in the NFL. That's the comparison. That's it. Right. It's it's a 2022 thing, not a 2022 compared to 1995 thing. That just it it doesn't matter and it doesn't hold water. And you know me, I'm a sack guy. You give much more credence and credit to pressures and quarterback hits and the like. I want to know about getting home. And they're getting home more than anyone in the National Football League. How can you ask for better results than that? It's just stone cold ridiculous. Doesn't matter whether you're talking about offense, defense, or special teams. All of a sudden, the Eagles are not only okay on special teams, they're good on special teams. So what phase of the game is this Philadelphia Eagle team not dominating the National Football League in right now? Well, I don't think they're dominant in special teams by any stretch. And obviously, they had to block punt, and Aaron Sipas got injured. So that's an issue. Um, uh, but yeah, Boston Scott, we all knew it's the Boston Scott week. You know, the guy barely plays, but I knew something was going to happen. And he throws a, a, a 66-yard kickoff return right after that punt, uh, which set up the Giants' first touchdown. And then uh, then he scored a touchdown late in the game. Yeah, I mean, offensively and defensively, look, this this team is, you know, my biggest, my biggest question is which is better, offense or defense? Because I think it's a really difficult conversation to have. Uh, one came into the game number two. One came into the game number three. They probably only went up. Um, it, it, it's, boy, uh, this is the best Eagles team I've ever seen. Doesn't guarantee anything because, and and hat tip to, to San Francisco, they were able to win again with Brock Purdy. I mean, they look like the second best team in the NFC. Dallas struggled. Where are all those people that uh, – Oh, the Eagles struggled with Houston. They didn't struggle like that with Houston. No, they did not. Uh, uh, they 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 didn't have their best game in Houston by any stretch of the imagination. But the Cowboys had to scratch and claw uh, to win that football game, and and Minnesota, as predicted, just collapsed again defensively in the passing game uh, and loses to Detroit. It is becoming clearer and clearer and clearer that the road to the Super Bowl goes through Lincoln Financial Field. It's going to go through Lincoln Financial Field. And look, the one thing that can get anybody is injuries. And we already saw it, you know, Reed Blankenship, there's some serious concern there. So you're down to your third safety. Um, serious concern with Aaron Seapos. Now, Lane Johnson talked to him after the game. He thinks he's going to be fine. Um, that That's big. Uh, we'll see. Uh, as the week goes on, but injuries can derail anyone. But 
And you saw it with the Giants. That's part of the reason the Giants were so bad. I mean, it wasn't just, look, they're in rebuilding mode. They still need that talent. And as I said, Brian Dayball did some tremendous things uh, early in the season, winning a lot of games with mirrors. But, you know, some of their best players were not playing. Leonard Williams and Xavier McKinney and Adore Jackson on defense. That's three of their four best players on defense. I mean, so they had nothing coming in the game from a talent standpoint. And, yeah, they were a road up. Yeah, and uh, Saquon Barkley just didn't look like Saquon Barkley. He'd been a question mark leading up to the game uh, with a neck thing. I don't know what kind of percentage he was playing at yesterday, but he just had no burst whatsoever. But that's just another area where the Philadelphia Eagles have gotten better over the course of the season. Credit to the coaching staff, credit to the individual players, credit to Howie Roseman, who went out and got them to proven veteran defensive tackles to make them better against the run giants couldn't run it worth a damn yesterday and we no uh, i i you know ago, five weeks ago we were worried about well they got uh, travis yeah. they got uh, travis henry up. coming up they got uh saquon barkley coming up uh, uh, they faced these guys and beating them down i'm glad you brought that up because yeah it was it was Brian Robinson in Washington and all the hand wringing about oh my God you can't stop Brian Robinson how are you going to stop Jonathan Taylor and Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley well here we are it's over and that stretch was a not the only one who had even a mediocre game was Taylor um, he had like twenty two for eighty four which is not great he had one and by the way had one big run to skew that. Um, yeah, they dominated in a lot of ways. I think that was people didn't realize that was a little bit of a break because they went through that stretch when they lost Avante Maddox and Avante uh, thankfully got back and then they lost, uh, CJ Gardner Johnson and they were facing a bunch of teams. that couldn't take advantage of it. They couldn't pass the ball consistently. So it actually played into the Eagles hands a little bit. Um, but yeah, all that hand wringing. It's over, and look at look at where we are. Yeah, running the ball against the Eagles has turned out to be a chore, not a uh, way to victory over Philadelphia. So they, and they do it with light boxes too. Amazing, amazing. They didn't have to load the box against Derrick Henry. These morons. Sorry, Jody. That's okay. They did not. And uh, again, I, I do want to give Howie credit because he went out and when when he saw a need. He filled it with guys who were established in the league who could flat out uh, fill the, the void that the Eagles had. I want to give credit to the coaching staff because they get them ready. It is Jonathan Gannon's light box way of doing anything, doing things. And when you've got superior players, you can get away with that. And right yeah. now he's got superior players on the defensive line. But let's give credit to the players themselves, like Sue, like Linval Joseph. Uh, Jordan Davis come back. He's almost like a non-factor. They only play him a handful of plays every single game. Uh, they don't need to, uh, but Fletcher's picked it up and played better. Hargrave has been great all year. And specifically, and we got Marcus Hayes joining us coming up in just a couple of minutes. Um, the guy's on the end. Uh, Hassan Reddick got his 10th sack yesterday, so now this is three straight years for three different teams that Hassan Reddick has gotten uh, double-digit sacks which I don't know has ever been done in the National Football League before. I doubt it has. Uh, Josh Sweat, another big sack again yesterday. And specifically, Brandon Graham. 
up to eight and a half sacks with his big day yesterday. He's got a legit shot at double-digit sacks this year. I, 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 you were there every single day. You saw him. You said, hey, he's looking good. He's moving around like he's playing. I seriously question whether Brandon Graham would have, have, have anything left in the tank coming into this year. He's playing as, as well now as he ever has in his entire career. He's been unbelievable for the Eagles. So, yeah, we got to give credit to the players. I know oh, you and yeah. I like I mean, to analyze the coaches and the moves by the general manager, whatever. But bottom line is it comes down to the players. And damn, the Eagles are getting great defensive line play. Yeah, I mean, well, I would put Howie in there, too, because Howie's built this roster. you got to give him credit. And he got players the coaching staff wants and, and desired in fit specific roles. So he's a big part of it. But, yeah, I mean, ultimately, personnel is more important than anything else. That's why I thought the Eagles would run the Giants off the field. That's why they ran them off the field, personnel. They have better players. They have better players all over the field. With Brandon, it's interesting because I think he's played better, but he used to play a lot. Now he's a closer and he's accepted his role. Sort of be he plays a limited amount of stat snaps at his age and coming off the Achilles. Um, and he's out there to do specific things and he's dominating in, in that specific role. So they come at you in waves and they're so deep. And now they have two nose tackles. Look, the reason Jordan Davis is involved, Linval Joseph didn't play enough. When you're up 21 nothing, you don't have to play the five-man fronts. You're you're going after the quarterback. But when they when they need it, they have it. They have those two big bodies in the middle. And now you have Indomit and Sue to mix in with um, you know, the funny part is, Jody, they had to put Robert Quinn on IR. Look, I'm not saying it's a fake injury, but you know, they needed to get Milton Williams some snaps and they can't dress everybody. Janarius Robinson's out there waiting for his chance. Um, yeah, they're so deep on the defensive line. Um, and that's, you go back to Jim Schwartz and it's, it's the engine of the defense. When you can come at people in waves like that, it is really, really difficult for offensive lines. All right. So we're here to talk about the first place, only one lost team in the national football league. Moving up the statistical rankings in basically every category, Philadelphia Eagles. Here on Birds 365, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. we got two good guests to add into the mix today. First up is the ink-stained rich himself. That's his Twitter handle. Marcus Hayes from the Philadelphia Inquirer. And uh, WIP is going to jump in with us next to talk Philadelphia Eagles here on Birds 365. <laughs> At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. 
Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Appreciate you streaming in with us on Birds 365. Talking about the 12-1 Philadelphia Eagles. Johnny Mac, yours truly, Jody McDonald, along with Marcus Sage, who jumps into the fray from the uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer and uh, also WIP. Marcus, here's what I want to start with you today. I want to borrow a uh, word that my partner likes to use. Unsustainable. Is there anything that the Philadelphia Eagles are doing right now that you think is unsustainable. It's just, it can't be as good as we're seeing with our own two eyes. At some point it has to level off. Is there any aspect of their game that you would uh, put into that category? Well, I assume this is a devil's advocate question. Um, I, I guess the only issue would be if they come up against an offense, a defense that can cover for more than, four or five seconds because that's how good their offensive line is. If they come up against that defense, it can make the offense less potent, which then brings the other team's running game into play. And I know we're going to make a lot about what Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley didn't do the last two weeks, but Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley were taken out of the game pretty early. So there may be an erosive issue between the two older defensive tackles and Jordan Davis, who, you know, is, isn't quite right and isn't expected to be quite right coming off that injury. So it's a, it's a long answer, but the answer I think is if they come up a re- against a really good secondary that can cover long enough to, to cause problems for Jalen Hurts, keeps the game tight and allows their good running game to present itself against older defensive tackles who, you know, I just don't know how good Sue and Joseph are going to be in January, you know? So all that said, unlikely, it all seems very sustainable, 
but that's a formula that could maybe bite them, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, and we saw that in kind of the Washington game, Marcus, which is the only blemish uh, on this team's record this season. Uh, they didn't really run the football that effectively, but they moved the chains. They were able to convert on third downs. I think it was kind of a, a perfect storm. The Eagles used too much tempo on offense, which is typically good for them, but when it fails – you get into sort of a Chip Kelly mode where the defense is right back on the field and you have this massive gap in time of possession. But, boy, that's a small path. That's a small path. Washington, on one day in November, was able to navigate that path. But I don't like many teams' odds of navigating similar paths. Isn't Everything's about margin of error in this league. The Eagles' margin of error is pretty big right now you think that's fair to say well i mean clearly the the most determinant factor in any football team any football season is turnover margin their quarterback has three interceptions yeah that's insane we're yeah. we're in week 13 rogers territory yeah. and, and this guy isn't aaron Rodgers. let's not yeah. be you know he throws bad passes every once in a while but he he very seldom puts the football in harm's way but he very seldom puts the football in harm's way because he's very seldom pressured. He's very seldom touched. And he can make the decisions on his end in the backfield to force a ball. Like the, the pass he threw to Devontae Smith yesterday, the short out that got a first down, Devontae wasn't open, and that's a tough throw. Other guys were open, but he was able to force that. That's I said that to say that's a very uncharacteristic ball for him to throw. He locked on Devontae and threw a tough pass, and they got the first down. That's the kind of decision you don't see him make often. It wasn't a bad decision. It was a good throw. And that throw in particular was probably – it was thrown in a place where only Devontae could catch it. You know, it could have been defended, yeah. but only <laughs> Devontae could catch it. But even that, when you, when that happens, your eyes pop open because you're used to seeing him hit guys who were utterly wide open. Usually, you know, if it's more than six or seven yards down the field, after he's, you know, patted the ball a couple of times. I mean – you just can't overstate and it all starts here for this entire team, offense, defense, special teams, coaching, whatever that offensive line is one of the best. I've ever oh, seen. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's, it's ridiculously good to the degree that there's a column to be written about, is it Jalen or is it the offensive line? And Ryan Tannehill would be this guy. And, or what would Josh, what would, uh, um, what would uh, Daniel uh, Jones. Jones look like with an offensive line like this? You know, it's a fair question. It's not his fault. It's not Jalen's fault. And it's perfect for him and this his evolution because he still needs to evolve. But every time we talk about sustainability, it's sustainable as long as Jordan Mailata, Lane Johnson, and Jason Kelsey are healthy. And the other guy who's kind of flying under the radar, and he absolutely benefits from the phenomenal offensive line you just related to, uh, Marcus, is Miles Sanders. Yeah, we like to talk about Jalen Hurts and making plays with his legs and is now 108.5 passer rating, which is the best in the National Football League. But oh, by the way, Miles Sanders, over a thousand yards, first in Shady McCoy, 144 yards yesterday, career high. And he is just like part of the mix. Uh, other teams have that kind of rushing day from a guy like Miles Sanders, and they're talking about getting him a five year contract extension. With the Eagles, it's, well, we'll see at the end of the year. If he comes back on a hometown discount, yeah, we'll keep Miles around. 
How underrated a season is Miles Sanders having? Uh, it's an interesting term. I mean, again, I think, like you said, he's overshadowed by everything else, by A.J. Brown, who's a huge difference maker for everybody, by the offensive line, which makes it all happen, and by Jalen Hurts being proficient. You know, he, he's, he's, a, he's an efficient quarterback. But Miles Sanders, the, my greatest criticism of Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen last year was that they didn't understand what they had in Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is shady light. You know, he's a threat every time. And that's why they, were dra- that's why they drafted him. You know, they wanted a, a running back who could score from the line of scrimmage every time to give those safeties pause to make play action relevant. And I didn't – they don't use a lot of play action, and that's another criticism I have of them. They don't do a lot of stuff from, from under center. But Miles Sanders is having the kind of year that if you're Miles Sanders entering free agency, the kind of year you certainly want to have. And, you know, he told me, he, he, you know, he told me eight weeks ago, I want to stay here. You know, yeah. he says, I, I, I want to be, I want to be here. He wants to win. He's having fun. He knows that he will continue to be productive with this offensive line. He knows that he will continue to be productive in this system now that they've understood what they have. And he's probably got three or four really, really elite years left in part because he wasn't used a whole lot or as much as I think he should have been last season. Yeah. What's crazy with Miles is, you know, he's having this season. Jody gave you the numbers. Also throw double-digit touchdowns uh, after coming off a season where he had zero. At a goose egg. Uh, which, was, which was crazy. But still, Marcus, I look at, at Miles and I look at this offense and I'm with you. I can't get to Miles until I get to AJ and Devontae and the offensive line and 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 the quarterback and Dallas Goddard when he's healthy. It's crazy to have somebody with the explosive ability of Miles Sanders and he's almost an afterthought on this offense. Um the first two drives, 14 plays, 84 yards. 12 plays, 91 yards. That is astounding efficiency. You got to convert on third down. They converted on the fourth down play uh, with the big touchdown. And they've done this throughout the season. They've had these long, sustained drives, Marcus, in an era where everybody wants you to have long drives because they think you're going to make a mistake. In other words, everybody plays this Mangio-style defense, keep everything in front, no explosive plays because ultimately if you go if you have to go 14 plays if you have to go 12 plays you're going to get a mistake there's going to be a false start there's going to be a tackle for loss there's going to be a sack and it's going to blow up the entire drive it, have you ever seen anything like the ability to sustain these long drives in the modern era not in, in this particular era yeah, San Francisco did it when they went to the Super Bowl um, with that great running game. And, <clears throat> excuse me, they did it with the Kaepernick Super Bowl team. You know, they, they've done it a couple of times. And the funny thing about that is I saw a stat that, you know, you think of San Francisco, you think of, okay, they have these sort of second-tier quarterbacks in great running and defense. Yeah. The, they, I think they have four quarterbacks in the last – like 12 years, 14 years, 
who average or who are in the top 20 among average yards per attempt, which is probably the key indicator of efficient offense. So that doesn't mean they're throwing bombs. That means the yards, when they do throw, not average yards per game, average attempts per game, but average yards per attempt. Right. They get they get their money's worth when they put the ball in the air. And it doesn't matter if it's Garoppolo or whoever. They've gotten their money's worth. So that said, um, yeah, there have been some teams that have been able to sustain drives, but they do it by understanding what's going to happen on every play. And that's really been the genius of Jalen Hurts. He understands what's going to happen. And we, we talk to Nick Sirianni a lot, John. And every time we say where has Jalen taken the, the biggest jump, it's recognition. It's understanding what's in front of him and understanding what's probably going to happen uh, in, in succession in every play. And that's really remarkable. You know, you can talk about him being a coach's kid and studying and all that sort of stuff. This is something we didn't see from a coach's kid who'd been with two elite college programs and had, you know, a year in the in this system with good coaching. All that said, I mean, um, this this works again. It, it, it comes back again to the offensive line. They don't false start and they never hold. That's the key. Holding calls are the number one reason why drives. They did die. against Tennessee. They had well, how many did they have against Tennessee? Jerry? They had in the, the, first the half, offensive line had like eleven penalties. Yeah, right. The offensive and he, line, and that's what offen- I mean. In the Tennessee game, Marcus, they did have those penalties, and they were over. Uh, usually, that that's kind of my point. I'm glad you brought that up. Usually, when that happens, all right, drives over, right? For most teams, right? With the Eagles and Jalen Hurts this year, he's like, all right. We got five extra yards. We got 10 extra yards. I'm just going to throw the football down the field. That was against Tennessee. But it's pretty amazing to see this team's ability. And he got seven or eight receivers involved in those first uh, two drives. And Dallas Goddard isn't here. I was concerned about Jack Stoll and Brant Calcaterra. Eagles are game planning now for Brant Calcaterra <laughs> early. It, it's It's pretty amazing. And you're right about the offensive line. A.J. Brown is another name you brought up. He's the final domino. I mean, A.J. is a superstar. I I think we can all look at players and say they have flaws. And A.J. has flaws. He's a human being. But everybody has weaknesses. A.J. Brown, you put him in any offense in the NFL with any quarterback, and you saw it in Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill, it's not exactly – you know, Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert throwing for all these yards, he's going to be effective. Is, you know, his impact on the Eagles offense. Talk about that. Well, you, you call him the final domino. I would contend that, so that implies that he kind of gets them over the top. I would, I would say he's probably more important than, Certainly Devontae Smith, certainly Dallas Goddard, which is a surprise. I thought Devon, I thought Dallas would be more important than AJ. But he also might be more important than Jalen Hurts, less replaceable. Because there are only so many AJ Browns willing and able to do what AJ Brown does all the time. You know, he completes his route, he blocks on the run, he uh he, he is a spectacular leader, he's in unbelievable shape. He played hurt for a month and didn't complain about it, and played effectively, hurt for a month. And he's a leader in the locker room. 
So all that said, he might be the least replaceable guy. I mean, everybody, it's kind of like when T.O. came in 2004, people were like, well, you know, he's the final piece. No, he's, he's a centerpiece. You know, he's not the finishing touch. He's a centerpiece. And, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know this about A.J. Brown. I don't know if you guys did. I didn't know that he was this good. And maybe he wasn't. Maybe he got better. He's, what, a fifth-year player? Sixth-year player? Uh, fourth Fourth-year. Fourth year player, he's supposed to get better. You know, Jeffrey Lurie says NFL players are what they will be by the fourth year. So, you know, it's been a revelation. It's been pleasant, too. And honestly, John, I think AJ Brown's surprising AJ Brown. I don't think AJ Brown realized he was this good. Yeah, I, I, Jody and I talked about it all. And remember, Jody, I said he was top 10 receiver. I didn't know he was this good. Yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't know he was this good. I knew he was good. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe there's improvement on top of, of being that great player. He's before, so good he got his GM fired. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh before the season started, I think I had him eleven <laughs> and it ticked off Eagle fans because I said he's just outside yeah, the top ten. We ticked oh, off a bunch I, of people. Time to reevaluate. He is certainly in the top ten with the season he's having this year. You know, no like, question. Like, you yeah. should put it in ESPN's evaluate. Yeah, the predictor. football power indicator. He would be 37th. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right, Marcus, you're going to be the first one to have to deal with this because John and I are for the next five days, and then the week thereafter, it's going to both annoy and excite Eagle fans. I'm going to go on record and say I think the Eagles win their next two games. They beat the Cowboys. They beat the Bears in Chicago this week, and then they beat the Cowboys on Christmas Eve which is going to lock up everything for them. But it's also going to put a very important decision at the feet of the organization, not just the coaching staff, the organization. Because if they win their next two games, they will have locked up everything. Then what do you do? You still got two regular season games to play. Saints at home, Giants at home. We've seen this Eagle team basically since Nick Sirianni showed up, put a heavy emphasis on less is more that if we don't put our players at risk, they're going to stay more healthy and we're prioritizing that over extra work or harder work. And how can you question the results? They're 12-1. They're the best team in the National Football League. But if they have the last two weeks of the regular season with meaningless games and then a bye week on top of it because they're the number one seed, can you go three weeks without keeping your star players fresh and in a continued mode of playing every seven days how the eagles going to handle it if i'm right and they win the next two weeks well it goes back to when they had their buy they had their buy early right like uh week seven week eight yeah. something like that. so what i would do and it seems pretty simple is say you're in with dallas and you have i think it goes new orleans giants is that right yes okay you rest them against new orleans you play them against the giants and then you get the bye week. So then you, you effectively have three buys. They're going to need time off after Dallas. Dallas is going to be a tough game, win, lose, or draw. Assuming they win it and it do, nothing matters, then a bye week that week is, is hugely beneficial, especially to Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Javon Kurse, Ndamukong Su, uh, Linval Joseph, Javon Hargrave, Darius Slay, that's eight frontline guys, 30 or over, playing a 17-game season. They'll have played 15 games at the end of this season if they get three bye weeks. 
So all that said, to me, it's a pretty simple equation. Assuming you're in a position where um, New Orleans and or the Giants don't matter, you rest them against New Orleans, you play them against the Giants. Then So you go big game, bye-ish, you know, essentially a bye. Uh, Warm-up game, and you play them three, three and a half quarters, you know? Doesn't matter what the outcome is against the Giants in the finale, bye, and then you're back at it. Uh, Marcus, you, you alluded to it, uh, and you wrote about it. So I want to bring it up, uh, at inquire.com, um, coming into this week, ESPN, whatever their football power index, whatever it's called, um, significantly graded, um, Dallas over Philadelphia. Um, I'll be interested to see how it shakes out this week, but, oh, it's um, up. oh, is it up? Uh, yeah. Dallas still ahead. And- and guess what? Yeah. Dallas is still ahead. Yeah. Uh, Despite almost losing to a team at yeah. home that the Eagles beat. The Eagles took Houston a lot of hits. By 12. The league, Eagles took a lot of hits that week. They didn't play well. Um, certainly was a, wasn't their best game. But they didn't have sh- that kind of trouble with Houston. And it was a short week on yeah, the road. short week on the road. I mean, Big road just, trip. Typically, you don't see that on Thursday night games. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, it was that just, kind of road trip. It's insane. Um, it, it, why do people get so upset about this? You know, you talked to Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham said, "F them. <laughs> Who cares? Um, Eagles are the best team in football. Who cares if your analytics say the Cowboys are the best team in football? Maybe throw away the analytics and tweak the algorithm." Well, uh, the algorithm also presents the Chiefs and uh, the, I think the Chiefs are or the Chiefs and Bills were ranked to get ahead of the Eagles, and now the I think the Bills are just behind them. So, all that said, the algorithm isn't trash. You know, we we under we we have to acknowledge the the value of data, but there has to be something in this formula that's flawed because it's a it's a it's beyond belief that. A team that you beat, a team that you uh, – the fact that you beat a team in Minnesota that has a better record than Dallas, the fact that you have another common opponent that you handled easily on the road on a short week that they they struggled with yesterday, if you think that – and if you think that those factors don't point toward the Eagles being a better team and a more likely team to win – in the playoffs, and here's here's one of the anomalies, and it took me a couple of, of minutes to figure this out. They now have Dallas as the second favorite to reach the Super Bowl behind the Eagles, but the favorite to win it, which tells me they think the Eagles can beat the Cowboys more readily than they think the Eagles can beat the AFC representative, but they think the Cowboys can more readily beat the AFC representative than the Eagles can. So there is a logical path to that, as nonsensical as it seems. But it took me, I think I, I think I started, it took me like four minutes to figure out how that could make sense. <laughs> not, not sure how something can be illogical and nonsensical <laughs> at the same time, but that's yes. just me. And, oh, by the way, if the Eagles beat the Cowboys in 13 days, whatever it is, and they still have the Cowboys as number one, <laughs> we'll know somebody's got their thumb on the scale, okay? That's right. Uh, I, it's just not adding up to me. I understand the importance of data, but sometimes data just comes out wrong. All right, uh, Marcus, with the fact that they've got the Bears coming up this week, had some injuries coming out of yesterday's game. Again, the Eagles have been very protective of their players and have done a good job 
uh, they, like everyone in the NFL, has injuries. It's a collision sport. You're going to have injuries. You can't just completely wipe them off the face of the earth. Um, again, this week, they built themselves some uh, wiggle room with the other teams in the NFL. Did they go gingerly in Chicago? You gave us a great breakdown of potential what could happen once they lock everything up, when they lock everything up. They handled this week's game against Chicago, a team that they should be able to handle pretty damn easily. Do they handle it any differently because they've got the big view, uh, big picture view? The person who has probably the biggest impact on the Eagles winning and losing over the last eight years has been Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson strained an oblique yesterday. I think it's on his left side. And he said that he could have stayed in if it was like a playoff game or whatever. But these things, you know, anybody who never covers baseball knows that obliques take three or four weeks to get to get right. So the the uh, calculus becomes: is Lane is the drop off from Lane Johnson, Lane Johnson to Jack Driscoll significant enough to put the team in peril of losing that game? Jack Driscoll played well yesterday in relief of Lane Johnson, and Jack Driscoll has been a spectacular backup, and they can help him. They're probably going to get Dallas Goddard back, if not this week, next week. So to answer your question, the, the, the injury, the, the situation for me that's most remarkable is, okay, is Lane Johnson going to play? I would be surprised if they play him. They do err on the side of caution. They've got 12 wins. They probably need one more to, you know, really put them in a position where they can, uh, they, they have that home field advantage. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if you think that 13 gets you the number one seed, then yeah, because you don't want him to aggravate this and have it in January. Yeah. So I can see them shutting him down into January. You know, maybe he doesn't play against Dallas either, and maybe that's a, that's a bigger deal. But um, yeah, a, the only thing you know, I, I know the punter got hurt. <clears throat> excuse me, and you know I don't have anything against him, but he's not a very good punter. You know, and you could replace punters. Might be a better runner than a punter. <laughs> he, was actually, he was he was pretty good yeah. runner. And uh if he if he if he had been more attentive to the sideline, they would have yeah. retained the ball. But um yeah, it's I think that might be the one sort of uh concession that they give this week. Otherwise they're going, you know, they're going full bore. And I think they want to make I think they're in a they're in the business of making statements now. Because why are you throwing that pass to Devontae Smith down the sideline? A pass that should have been intercepted. Could have been. That, uh, on fourth and seven. That's a bad call. They got away with it. But they got away with it and sent a message to the league that, hey, you never know what we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, it, with the Chicago game, you, you, Marcus, you know, we've been around this team for a long time. There are, I like to call them logical losses. If there was ever a week to have a lull, this is the week. Uh, you come off a, a big NFC East win. Chicago's not relevant. They're not in the playoff picture. Um, and you have Dallas on Christmas Eve, and that's the game against the number one team in the football power, or whatever they are, who's ever number one. But that's the game, right? This is logical to have a letdown. That's the most impressive part of it. They don't have letdowns. I'm always looking for – I had that Tennessee game. I said, Jody will tell you. I bought into it. I said, they're not going to care about this game. AFC foe, everybody talks about Mike Brabel's team being so tough and physical. They just bulldozed them. No lull whatsoever. No 
uh, no looking past. Um, it, do you see that ability from this team? Even Dallas talking about playing Houston. Obviously, they didn't bring their A game. That's happened once to the Eagles in Washington. But this is the rare team I'm not concerned about having that letdown game. Is that uh, something you see as well? You know, they just have I, – I go around every position, really like every single player. They play, they play offended. They play angry. Like Brandon Graham isn't happy that he's being, you know, sort of marginalized. So he plays every snap angry. You know, Josh Sweat has a huge chip on his shoulder because he got so much grief from getting a contract for having really done nothing to earn it. But he's earning it now. Darius Slay is the most aggrieved superstar I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, James Bradbury is playing for a contract. Miles Sanders is playing for a contract. Um, You know, you go down the line, you know, Jason Kelsey is showing people he still belongs. You know, Fletcher Cox playing for a contract. You know, it's just every single position, like every single – nobody has any security. Jalen Hurts is playing for a massive contract. So – they understand that the way you win, the way that you eat, the way that you get paid in the NFL, especially, which is funny because it's so dependent on everybody, everybody else more so than maybe any other sport, is you win. You know, general managers and owners believe that there is a you know magic winning elixir, and if you drank from that elixir, you become contagious. So everybody's playing with a chip and for a reason, and they're coaching that way. We see very, very innovative, energetic coaching. And you don't you didn't see that at the end of the Andy Reid area era, and you didn't see that at the end of Doug Peterson's uh, tenure as well. These coaches are still invested and involved, and two of them are probably going to be head coaches next year, Shane Steichen and uh and um, Jonathan Gannett. The energy coach yesterday was Nick Sirianni when they completed that down the sidelines pass that you said was a bad call. They kind of worked out. Yeah, I yeah. think the coach was a little excited on that one. And well, I, he should have been. I think he was really worried. Uh, like until the ball nestled in Devontae Smith's arms, he was like, I'm going to get roasted for this. I'm going to get roasted for this. Hey, touchdown. <laughs> touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Marcus, no, you got to run. Thank you very much for hanging a couple extra minutes with us today. Great stuff. We'll get you back on again soon enough. Thanks, buddy. Thank you for having me. Have a good day, John. Marcus, Thanks, Marcus. from it. the Philadelphia Inquirer and WIP here with us on Birds 360. By the way, I got a lot of blowback for that Devontae Smith play. Like a lot of people saying, would have, uh, no, number one, Jalen checked to that call. So it wouldn't have been on, on the coaching staff, but the coaching staff was thrilled. But here's where I got a lot of people. You know, uh, Julian Love was in a position to, to make a play on the ball, but Jalen threw it right in the bucket. It, people are saying, well, he'd get blown up. And again, it's that man. He could, yeah, he would get blown up in 1985. Devontae Smith probably wouldn't even be playing in 1985 because that type of body, but that's not how they play today. Right. You're it's not 2022. allowed to get so, Yeah. You're not allowed to take shots at the receiver down the field. The Eagles know that. Take advantage of it. And it works. I don't Did know. You, I, uh, I, you I watched the what. Sunday night game last night? I did not. You did not. Um, 16. The, the Chargers spent. just stone cold dominated the Dolphins. It, you talk about a score that didn't indicate the actual uh, play of the game. Uh, Chargers went up and down the field against the Dolphins. Dolphins couldn't do squat. The Dolphins made two big plays. Um, 
Tyreek Hill picked up a fumble that came out of a scrum. It just kind of popped out to the side. He picks it up and runs past everybody 75 yards for a touchdown. And he had one pass where the defense uh, defensive back made the wrong read, turned the wrong way, boom, he's in for an 80-yard touchdown, whatever it was. That's it. Otherwise, the Dolphins' offense stunk. They did nothing all night. Herbert was phenomenal. He was running out of the pocket, making plays on the run. He was just phenomenal. There was a rough-in-the-passer call on Jalen Phillips on that play uh, uh, in last night's game. He tackled him. He put his hands down on the ground so as not to fall on him, and his chest actually touched his shoulder, and they threw the flag for rough-in-the-passer because he put his body weight on him. No, you saw the video. He worked hard not to put his body weight on him, and they still threw the flag. It's a different game, folks. you got to stop comparing this game to 1995. It just isn't called that way anymore. It is played differently. It's called differently. You just have to analyze what's happening in 22 against everything else that's happening in 2022. All right. Uh, one thing Marcus Hayes brought up that I want to put to you, John McClain. Because um, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, raised this over the weekend in his uh, column about Jalen Hurts and a contract extension, which they, we know that they can't do right now, but they could do it in four weeks if they wanted to. I want to get your take on this when we come back. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are Mac and Mac here on Bird Street 65. Stay right there, Eagle fans. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh. And go birds. We 
all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Guys, here on Bird Street 65. Appreciate Marcus Hayes joining us. Our buddy Chris Franklin, who comes on almost every Monday after an Eagles victory Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Eagles victory Sunday. That's what we call it because it's happened 12 out of 13 times this year. Oh, that's right. Mix on a Thursday night or my it's not every Sunday, but it's most Sundays we come out and talk about an Eagle win after they have played. Uh so Chris Franklin coming up in about 20 minutes from now. So we're thereabouts. Um, do want to get your take on this, Johnny Mac. I'm reading Pro Football Talk uh, over the weekend. I think Florio's website is one of the better ones for just football opinion and information. And he espoused the theory about the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. As per the last collective bargaining agreement they had uh, between the players and the owners, they put in place the fact that you cannot, cannot, it is against the rules, sign an extension with a player until he has logged three years in the league. Any drafted player comes into the league, you cannot discuss and or come to an agreement on a contract extension until he has logged three full years. And that third year is denoted when the team finishes their regular season, which is now 17 games. When they did this collective bargaining agreement, it was only 16. It's now 17. So after the Eagles' final game against the season, of the season, regular season, that is, against the Giants, they are then permitted and allowed to talk to Jalen Hurts about a contract extension. Now, it has never happened that a player has signed a contract extension when the regular season has ended and the playoffs were yet to come because you kind of focused on the upcoming games, which are more important. The playoffs, that's what everybody plays for. But we've never had a situation like this with a player who's coming to a contract extension earlier because he's a uh, non-first-round draft pick. You got a whole bunch of other guys like Tua and Boa, uh, Burrow and Herbert who were first-round draft picks who had their contract in place so the contract extension wouldn't be till the year thereafter. The Eagles need to get this done a little bit more quickly than do the other teams who are in the same quarterback three years in situation. As per the rules, they can do that. They can talk to Jalen about a contract extension as quickly as four weeks from now. Should they? Is that a door they want to open up? You're getting ready for the playoffs. You're be concentrating on the playoffs. But there's upside to both parties if they could get a deal done rather quickly. Number one, it takes Jalen worrying about getting hurt, breaking a leg or something along those <laughs> lines, career-threatening type injury. In the postseason, that comes completely by the off the board because he's got hundreds of millions of dollars guaranteed. It's advantageous for the Eagles because they will not have named an MVP by then. 
which as of right now, Jalen Hurts has become the favorite. I said last week he should have been the favorite. He is now the official favorite in most of the betting markets ahead of Patrick Mahomes. And oh, by the way, maybe Jalen runs through the playoffs the same way he did in the regular season. The Eagles win a Super Bowl. Cha-ching, the price just keeps going up. Both sides would have a reason to have a conversation and maybe hammer out a deal and get something done should the Eagles walk through that door. Um, I, I don't think they will. Um, I think the key is getting it done before some of those names you mentioned, Joe Burrow, uh, Justin Herbert. I think that that's the key for the Eagles, um, to, to strike early in, in the grouping, so to speak, because the number's only going up, uh, as everyone signs, it's going up, it's going up, it's got, that's how it works. So I think that's the goal. I don't know offhand. I don't think anybody's done that going into the playoffs, extended no. somebody. Never it's um, happened before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah and, and especially knowing Jalen Hurts, he doesn't want that on his plate um, um, as they're going through the postseason, getting ready to make a run, hopefully from their perspective toward the Super Bowl. He doesn't. That's rat poison. That's the definition of rat poison. He doesn't want anything to do with that. Now, while I say that, Howie Roseman, Nicole Lynn, who was uh, Jalen's agent, yeah, I'm sure, I'm kind of sure they've already started talking parameters, um, you know, loose sort of structure and, all right, what do you want here? What, how about this? Blah, blah, blah. Probably not supposed to. Probably just a couple backdoor emails, backdoor calls. So, mm-hmm. you know, those two might start talking um, because Howie wants to seize the moment before, as I said, the Burroughs of the world, the Herberts of the world. Um, is two up for an extension? Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, they all are. All of yeah. them came in in the same exact yeah, year. Same year, yeah. Um, so he he's involved as well. Um, you want to be first in that grouping. Uh, because that will get you uh, the most team-friendly deal, and I think that would be more of Howie's goal. But no, I do not. If that's the question, I do not expect an extension after the regular season and, and before the playoffs or during the playoffs. No, it's um, it's highly unlikely because it's never happened before. My question to you was, should the Eagles be, I have to choose the right word here, pushing for it? attempting to get it done, laying the groundwork. Well, the, the Eagles, like I said, they'll they'll lay the ground. They'll they're already they they'll try to talk about parameters and try to get the Eagles always want to be first. They always want to be first. They want to be first because they know it's only going up. As you point out, um even if they don't win the Super Bowl, it, it's it's only going up. It, it, it's not going down. Uh the salary cap's going up. Um, Burroughs contract. Her, if you wait for Burroughs contract, if you wait for Herbert's extension, the numbers are only getting bigger. So they always want to be the first team in line and get the most cost effective friendly deal you can get. All right. So let me ask it to you from the other direction. If you're Jalen Hurts right now, he is the leading quarterback in the national football league and passer rating. Again, an imperfect way to measure quarterbacks, except for the fact that it's the best way to measure quarterbacks. There is no perfect way to measure quarterback play. 
I think passer rating is as good as it gets, even though it's imperfect. He is the lead candidate in betting markets for the MVP. I don't know how you could put yourself in a better position to get paid than Jalen Hurts has. Oh, wait, there's one more thing. He could do that in the playoffs, too, and then add more dollars to the end of a massive deal that he's going to get. If you're Jalen Hurts and his agent, do you want to have the conversation? Do you want to continue to bet on yourself? Do you want to run the risk of a massive major injury that could have an effect on your negotiation? If you were consulting Jalen's side, what would you tell them to do? Yeah, I think it's, you know, I think Nicole will do the work and keep Jalen out of it. Um, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts has been trained very well by Nick Saban. Um, and I give Nick most of the credit, to be honest. But um, he does not want that. He does not want that during the season. Day after the season? Yeah, everything. Bring it on. But as long as they're still playing football, rat poison, rat poison, rat poison. He doesn't want to hear anything about it. He knows he's getting paid. I mean, it, it, we're, we're, he, there, there is not even an, uh, a path in the world, even, even a, a serious injury, and we all hope that doesn't happen. He's still getting paid. Um, he's a young man. Um medical advancements and all that stuff might 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 take a hit but he's still getting a lot of money where he's going to be secure for the rest of his life so i think from jalen hurts mentality he doesn't want anything to do with it while they're still playing football i just it hadn't even dawned on me because it's never happened before no team has ever done that negotiated with a player as soon as the season was over before the playoffs started and got an extension done. Because it had never happened, I didn't think about it. And I thought Florio's point was a good one. But I'm kind of with you. I, Even though it's a possibility, I think it's highly unlikely that that's something that would happen from either the Eagles' perspective or Jalen Hurts' perspective. All right. From the perspective of the rest of the National Football League, in addition to the Eagles' dominating win over the Giants yesterday, the Cowboys had to come from behind to beat the Texans late. I was ready to just roast Lovey Smith because you were in the midst of watching the Eagle game at that time. I had the Cowboy game on going back and forth. Um, the Texans got a Dak turnover deep in their own territory, up by three. Cowboys made a goal line stand. They decided to go for it on fourth down rather than kick the field goal and go up by six. And somehow they end up with a designated Jeff Driscoll run. Really? That's the best play you could come up with was a quarterback run by Jeff Driscoll. Anyway, the Cowboys make the stop. Then they got to go to the length of the field, which they did. And they scored a touchdown anyway. So I can't really say, oh, if you'd kick the field goal, you're up by six. Cowboys marched down the field and stuck it in there anyway. So I give them credit for pulling a, a victory from the jaws of defeat. But they weren't overly impressive in doing so. And the Vikings did get beat by the Lions. I did a lot about the Lions last night on my national show. They're legit, John. I'm the one who told you, Jody. I'm going to pat myself on the back. I told you how much talent they had. And now they got Jamison Williams back. I think Jared Goff is one of the more underrated quarterbacks in this league. I think everybody looks at him as some kind of bust. He's not great, but he's a really good quarterback. Um yeah, their their offensive line is tremendous. 
they still have some holes defensively. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson's a really good player. I mean, Justin Jefferson had, I don't know what he ended up with, but he, he should have had. They, they had a bad call on him. They took a touchdown. They said he stepped out of bounds. He didn't step out of bounds. He should have had 260 yards receiving. So they still have some issues defensively. Offensively, offensively, they're one of the most explosive teams in the NFL, and they're only getting better as Jamison Williams gets more mixed in to that uh, lineup there. When you're that bad for that long, I, I always joke, you wake up and you go, Ooh, we got some good players because we've been picking at the top of the draft. So, so, and you saw Penny uh, Sewell. I saw that play. Are you kidding me? That was a fourth. I think it was a fourth down play. I could be wrong because I wasn't watching the game, but it sealed the game for him. Uh uh, they they ran the, a tackle eligible play, but they put Panesul in motion, in motion. Yes, and and the linebacker was like, "Well, he's not going to catch the ball." Oh yeah, he was going to catch the ball, and they won the game with that play. So they're inventive. Uh, they have a ton of talent offensively, and yeah, that week one win over Detroit that everybody said, "Oh, that's not a big deal." Yeah, it was a big deal. They're they're pretty good. I'm not going to overstate it and say they're a great team, but they're a lot better than people think they are. Oh, by the way, yeah, you and I debated week number one, and I think I ended up being right for an exactly wrong reason. You said that you wanted to get the Lions out of the way uh, early, or it was a tough game week number one, and I said, no, give me the Lions, right? I want a W. Start the season. I like the fact that they're open up with the Lions because I want to see the Eagles get off on the right foot. You said you don't want to play the Lions because they don't know how bad they're going to be just yet. They believe they're going to be good because they haven't played anybody. Well, it's a good thing they played the Lions early rather than late because the Lions have become that good. Now the hell I knew that that was going to happen. I'm not taking too much credit here, but I was right. Get the Lions out of the way before they actually kick it in and become yeah, a good I, team. I don't know. I don't know if they're great. I'm not, I don't want to overstate it. Like I said, they're, they're really talented offensively though. Uh, um, quick question for you next week. Eagles opening round playoff opponent, New York giants, Detroit lions. Who are you taking? Oh, giants a million times out of a million. Uh, the giants have so much more talent. Uh, the lions have so much more talent. The, the giants are really. Lions like, or commanders. Commander, I'd rather play the Commanders. Well, then guess what? Lions are pretty good. If you would take the Lions, you'd try to avoid the Lions over two teams that as of right now well, are I'll in the playoffs, this way. one of which you beat the Eagles. That tells you how good the Lions are. Well, it, I I think, you know, the Stars had to align for Washington to be. I don't think the Washington beat the Eagles. I think the Eagles beat the Eagles. I really do. It's a cliche, but I really think the Eagles beat the Eagles. Turnovers, uncharacteristic uh, playing, tempo didn't work, as we said, chain, time of possession, all that stuff. Um, I I don't think Taylor Heineke is – Jared Goff can play. So, um, again, I know people don't really – I don't want to overstate it, but he's above average, uh, not a superstar. He can hurt you much more than, than Taylor Heineke. Now, would I rather play – Detroit's defense than than uh, Washington's defense. Sure. Yes, yes. Um, so it's tough. You know that last playoff team in the NFC, whomever. I don't think it's a good team. I don't think it's going to be a good team. Um, 
So I, I'd be more concerned about Detroit because of their explosiveness on offense. And they're probably capable of winning a 35-30 game. Um, they're going to give up points, but they're going to score points. Agreed. And uh, that was a big win for them yesterday. And it does take the Vikings back down a peg. Um, yes, gives the Eagles a little bit more wiggle room. But it all comes down to next week. Eagles win the next two weeks. Doesn't matter what anybody else does. They will have locked up the number one seed throughout the playoffs. All right. Uh, we mentioned him earlier in the show. I wanted to get your take on him. Grant Calcaterra. A couple of nice catches yesterday. And, yeah, these part of the game plan. plan and we talk about Jalen all the time and his ability and desire to spread the ball around. First drive, he threw it to absolutely everybody, including Calcaterra. Um Goddard comes back this week. I'm not going to bemoan the fact that Calcaterra is going to become an afterthought, but uh, what have you seen Adam in the last couple of weeks? Are the Eagles going to be set at the tight end position with Goddard and Calcaterra going forward? Oh, by the way, the reason, Oh, I meant that, that that's why I wanted to bring it up. He had a great block on a running play yesterday. Yeah. He, he got cracked really back excited. the guy. Yeah. The guy never saw me just flattened him, opened up a huge hole for miles. One of the questions about Calcaterra has been his ability to block. We know how great a blocker Goddard is in addition to his ability to catch the football. Calcaterra made a huge block yesterday. Man, Eagles have two pretty good titles. When they go to 12 formation in the postseason, don't forget Jack Stoll because Grant's not ahead of Jack Stoll. The Eagles really like Jack Stoll. Um, he's not as uh, explosive as a receiver. But, you know, sometimes you suffer these injuries and you're like, oh, what are we going to do? And it's like a silver lining because guys can show they can play. I think that that applies to both Jack and, and Grant Calcaterra. Because Jack Stoll's played a ton snap wise um, in the absence. And he's more of a blocker. And so Grant's always going to get more of a, a look because he's the receiving type tight end. But yeah, that block you mentioned, that's the most important part because he's got to be competent, at least blocking, um, to get uh, more significant playing time. So the more he can improve there, the better. But, yeah, as you go down the stretch, it's still going to be Dallas Goddard and Jack Stoll, and Grant's going to be number three. But I think they're really excited, um, you know, long-term about his potential, uh, especially on the receiving end. Um, and then Reed Blankenship, unfortunately, got hurt. Same thing, silver lining. That guy was playing great uh, in C.J. Gardner. Now, part of it is they were playing teams that couldn't take advantage, that weren't good passing teams. I mean, let's be honest. They were, as I said, every, every, to me, everybody kind of looked at that stretch. We talked about it at the beginning of the show with Taylor and Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley. They said, oh, what are we going to do? Not realizing even Green Bay, who has Aaron Rodgers, they're not a great passing team this year because of other issues. The offensive lines banged up and bad. Bakhtiari's in and out, barely plays. Um, he doesn't trust the receivers. And we know um, those other teams, Indianapolis and, and, and Tennessee and, and the Giants, don't throw the football well. They just don't. They, they don't throw consistently. And maybe that helped out um, more than people realized. The run. They were so hyper-focused on the running game. How are we going to stop this? They got a bit of a break facing teams that couldn't throw the ball. 
All right, do me a favor. Uh, we're going to break here. Chris Franklin, NJ.com, scheduled to join us next. Uh, punch up your pro football focus ratings from yesterday. Um, for not the up Eagles, yet. The individual players for each team not up yet? Not up yet. Then As usual, do- uh, Bird Street, they, they usually go up about 1030. In the okay. Morning. Then I'll ask you your opinion. Um, I was going to let you use pro football focus as a guide. How do you think Kayvon Wallace played yesterday? Because I'm watching it on TV. You were there. He made a couple of plays. He also seemed to be out of position on a play or two. Um, he could be a key guy this week. If Reed Blankenship's going to miss the game, um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson not due back yet. Somebody's got to be out there with Marcus Epps at the safety position. And, oh, by the way, Epps plays all 100% of the plays. I think it was part of it. Too. They'd like to get him a, a playoff, too, and they <laughs> couldn't do it because they were so short at the safety position. Yeah. How do you think Wallace played filling in yesterday? Um, You know, I haven't rewatched the game yet. I, I You know, but what you described is typically game on. Like he can he can make some plays, but he's also out of position a lot. It's one of the reasons why he kind of lost his job behind the scenes to Reed Blankenship. Um, so, and and then you have the garbage time aspect of it. Like, what does it really mean? Uh, what you know at that point of the game? There was a lot that was there was a lot of garbage. Well, he was time. in well before garbage time. No, I know, but there was still. Garbage time was twenty-one nothing, Jody. There was a lot of garbage time in that that sticking game. Kayvon played. Um, I'm, that's what I'm trying to look. He had forty-six, so it's seventy-two percent. Uh, yeah, pretty early. Reed only played eighteen before he got hurt. Um, but the game was already over. It was literally over. It was twenty-one nothing. Like I was joking with. It was over. The game was right, over. But do we do we not give Brandon Graham credit for his sacks and garbage time? I, I, I we give, dismiss those two. If we're going to dismiss anything that came on Wallace I'm, did I'm not, after I'm not, 21 nothing, do we do the same with everybody else? No, I'm not going to. Yes, I'm not going to dismiss it. I'm not going to dismiss the performance. I'm saying this is one of the reasons I'm not a stat guy. I say all the time in the NFL, and let, and there are some people that do this, and they 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 throw out, they do their analytics, and they throw out, you know, meaningful time versus non-meaningful time, and they weight it. That's what I think the NFL is about. This game was over at 21 nothing. So everything after that was kind of like the defense giving up yardage late. That's going to affect their ranking overall. And they don't look quite as good as they were when they were dominating when the, when the game mattered. I'm, I'm not picking on Kayvon. I'm saying it, it, if he played well, and I don't think he played poorly, if he played well, I'm not going to get that excited by it because of the situation, the team they were playing, they were better than the team. He should play well. They should dominate. They did dominate. That's all good. I'm just not going to put a lot of weight on it is all I'm trying to say. The reason why garbage time stats can actually be meaningful is, yeah, guys are playing hard. Because they're not getting regular time. They're only getting garbage time. So when they get well, out I there, said that about they the want Kobe to put something week. on film so that they look good, so that maybe they can get out of garbage time. I was really impressed by Nicobe last week in garbage time. But just his instincts, not the numbers. Like, I didn't care about the numbers. Like, everybody was whatever it was, six tackles and 15 snaps. I, I That I don't really care about. But the fact that he was diagnosing plays and – 
and getting into the backfield, I say, well, that's pretty impressive. Um, uh, that kind of stuff. So, you know, one of the things I've seen Kayvon play enough, he's not N'Kobe Dean when it comes to football instincts. So I'm not going to expect that uh, uh, off the off the bat, number one. Um, yeah, they're, it's not a good situation to be down to your third safety. I, that, I, I feel comfortable saying that. He's John McDonald. I'm Johnny McDonald. We are your Mac and Mac Bird 365 guys. Quickie timeout. Scheduled to join us is Chris Franklin from NJ.com to look back at yesterday's blowout victory. The Eagles over the Giants, number one team in the NFL right now, the Philadelphia Eagles. What we're talking here on Birds Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh. And go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. We got Jody McDonald and John McMullen. 
Your Mac and Mac Birds 365. Guys, we are aided for the next 15, 20, 25 minutes by our buddy from NJ.com, Chris Franklin, who comes on with us after most Eagles victories and the one loss. He came out after the loss, too. So don't worry. Uh, here's, the first, here's the first question for you, Mr. NewJersey.com, which, of course, is where the Giants play. Because I had this debate on social media with a couple people last night. The crowd at kickoff yesterday at Giant Stadium. We know the Eagles are one of the best traveling fan bases in the entire National Football League. Shoot, they took over Arizona, which is 3,000 miles away, and went and took over that stadium. We know they did it in Washington. Not surprising because the commanders uh, aren't very good and their fans are uh, pretty frustrated, even though they're having a nice year. But yesterday, I thought at the start of the game, it was really a Giants crowd. That they came, they backed their team, they gave you a couple crowd shots on TV, didn't see a lot of green. Eventually you did, as the Eagles went up 21 nothing before you could blink. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the Giant fans were sitting on their hands and making no noise whatsoever. But from the kickoff yesterday, comparing what the Eagle fans usually do on the road, uh, how loud were they? Were Giant fans... 80%, 75%, 90%. What would you think the crowd was at the kickoff yesterday? I thought it was somewhere around – at kickoff, I thought it was around like 80-20. I don't know if people got stuck on the outer lanes of the turnpike. I don't know if they were going around looking like, oh, there's New York City Skyline. Let me take a couple of pictures before they came in and, and to watch the game. But it was a very, very quiet it – was, it was a very pro-Giants crowd early then obviously, when when the game got out of hand, all of a sudden you, you saw who, how many like reigning Eagles fans were down there because they started to go down toward the lower level. So if I say a kickoff, I probably say it's about an eighty twenty crowd, but it, it's it definitely filled in it toward the end. It became an of Eagles it. crowd over yeah. the course of the game because of the way <laughs> yeah. the game was going. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I I showed Chris uh, uh, the Giants PA announcer. Um, had tremendous energy at the beginning of the game. Oh, yeah. yeah, Zach Berman-like energy, I like to call it. And Good morning, uh, everybody. Yeah, he was <laughs> fired up. And after yeah. that third touchdown, it went way down. I mean, way down. That pretty much sums up the crowd. Same thing with the crowd, yeah. I mean, Giants fans are, are good for the first time or in the mix for a playoff or for the first time in a long time. So people weren't uh, giving up their tickets. And number one, I'm glad to see you back from that blizzard after the game. Oh my like, man, it's always something <laughs> when we go up there. Always something. Always something when we go up there. But it was a dominant performance to the point where I, I was telling Jody, you know, he's asking, you know, how did Kayvon Wallace play? I mean, it was all garbage time after twenty-one nothing. It really was. <laughs> yeah, you know, it it, it it was a weird feel. Like I pretty much have most of my story already written, like halfway through the fourth. It was crazy in that way too. It got that way, but if 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 this is a lead into the uh, Kayvon Wallace one, yeah, I'm a little worried about Reed Blankenship right now because yeah. I think when you look at the way, I think you saw his, you saw. I think you saw Kayvon player as a complete player, what he is as a player. He's really good against the run. He's really good at stopping in the bo- stopping players, uh, run games in the, bo- in the box and being part of that. But when it comes to the pass game, he he sells out so much, stop the run, he becomes a liability in the pass game. And if I'm the Bears right now, 
if I'm Eberflus, like being a defensive minded guy, that Eberflus is, I'm saying like, hey, you see what this guy is doing right now? Make sure you attack him. If Blankenship somehow is not able, if, if it's a long term or he's done for the year, I mean, he's, I have some concerns with that safety position now until you get Gardner Johnson back. Yeah, January first, by the way, first yeah. day, uh, CJ can be back. Yeah, just wanted to throw that in there. And have you guys seen either, either one of you guys seen him down at the Eagle facility? I know they are very tight-lipped about Eagle injuries, and everyone in the NFL is this is not an indictment at Eagles. Everybody keeps their injury information under wraps. Has anybody seen Gardner? Are we optimistic that he's going to be back um, after the Cowboy game? I haven't seen I have him. not seen him, no. He has been yeah. uh, kept away from us. So, uh, you know, pretty serious injury. But history says – he, he will be back this season. Um, but there are varying degrees. So we bring up Zach. Zach, Zach Ertz missed one week uh, with a lacerated kidney and a dislocated rib. That was a playoff game he came back for. But there are different varying degrees of that injury. And obviously the Eagles are being very cautious in the regular season. But I do expect him back um, this season. I don't think it's a season. Now, Reed, there's some concern that that's a season-ending injury, and we hope not. Well, I don't know if we're going to hear it today, but uh, I don't think he's going to be out there in Chicago. Let's put it that way. I don't think he is, and I don't think uh, Aaron Sipos. We were looking at Aaron Sipos in the uh, in the locker room yesterday. He was on, on a walk on crutches, and crutches yeah. too. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to be a busy week for us. I know uh, it's all of a sudden. I know we talk about we're football guys, but and we have to be ready on the crime beat. Thankfully, not for this team, but. When you look at it now, it's like we're, we're becoming doctors now all of a sudden with all these yeah. injuries piling up. Yeah. Yeah. Right, if you're going to be doctors, then I'm going to ask you to judge somebody's character as well. Uh-oh. Eagles are probably going to need a new punter. Oh, no. You do nope. realize that this week, <laughs> charges were dropped against the punt god, Matt Ariza, who was drafted by the Buffalo Bills um, the story broke once he was already in camp that he and his friends were being accused of uh, sexual uh, advancement with a woman. Um, they did their investigation. They found out this week that there wasn't enough to sustain a charge against him. The Bills didn't wait. They didn't care. They released him immediately. Eagles going to need a punter, and this guy is as good as anybody else just in purely punting that's out there available at this time. Will the Eagles deal with the, all the questions that come with a guy like Matt Ariza? I wouldn't sign up for two reasons. And, and one's football-related, one's not football-related. I'll start a non-football-related one. You don't need that distraction right now when it comes to your punter, of all people, and, and this team. Because right now, we, we know you, you have a well-oiled machine right now. The Eagles are rolling. The locker room is doing okay, and, and it's not really any distractions. I think the only distraction he had was beforehand was, is the team going undefeated? And we know that's not going to happen now. So – to bring a guy who's going to be on the field, you hope maybe only the whole yeah, field. He's never goes. on the field, by the way. Yeah. I said, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed Aaron got hurt. And by the way, that was a nice run, Chris. But yeah, I mean, try. I wasn't that concerned. I'm like, Jake's done it in the past, and they're not going to have to punt that much. <laughs> so yeah, you don't have to I, do that. Yeah. And, he, and then he also, he, I think he's more of a power punter than he is like a, a finesse one and putting him in a 20. And we know he's going to outkick that coverage. You just look at it. He's going to outkick the coverage. Yeah, and we've seen what's happened with the special Tennessee, teams, too. Yeah. 
Tennessee did. Yeah, that kid can kick the ball too, and he just out kicked his coverage. But that's a Jeffrey Lurie decision, literally. I mean, yeah. nobody else. That's not Howie Roseman. Uh, that's one of those that goes in. Same thing when we talked about Deshaun Watson. That's a Jeffrey Lurie decision. Same thing with Matt Ariza. Now, I think there's enough punters on the street. The Eagles work some out occasionally on those Tuesday workouts. They have a, a, a file of guys available. Um, I don't think it's going to be Matt Ariza. I don't know. Yeah, far, far. I think it's far, far from it. He might, he'll, he'll get, I think he'll get a job uh, next year. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets in the yeah. league again. Right. I think he's going to let him cool down a little bit and, yeah. and then go again. Yeah. But I like your thought on the distraction, not needed for a guy who maybe, because the offense is so good, maybe he's out there twice a week. I mean, it, and they go for it so much on fourth down as well. Yeah, it's like, unless unless you if it was a guy like a, a wide receiver or impact guy, you'd have to still weigh it. Personally, I'm more of a stay away from guys that have that baggage around them. But usually for a specialist, no, no, not, not, you, you, you don't want to do that. And besides, those guys stay off to the side anyway. They have their own thing, their own routines. Nah, I, I'll let me for a punter. Let me ask a fourth down question. Because uh, John raised this earlier, and I saw the same thing on social media. Uh, the fourth and seven completion down the sidelines to Devonta Smith. Yes, the safety could have gotten there, and he could have picked off the pass. Yes, the safety could have decided just to make uh, Devonta Smith part of the second row of the stands if he wanted to. <laughs> he didn't do either one. Devonta Smith caught the ball took it into the end zone, and basically closed the game out at that juncture. Why do people look at the potential downside when it was the key play in the game? Perfect pass, by the way. Couldn't have been. If he had gotten out there and placed it with his hand, uh, Jalen Hurts could not have thrown a more perfect pass to Devontae Smith on that play. Why do people have to look at the downside when it's already been played and the upside has been registered? Why do they even go there, Chris Frankel? Because I think when you look at this and it becomes January and and you think possibly February with this team, you're gonna you're not gonna have Julian Love back there in safety. And for I'll start with that one. I don't know why that's one. Then you take the fifteen. If I'm Julian Love, I'm sending a message early for the Giants. I'm taking out Smith if I can. If I'm a safety in that position, and you try to go for the pick, you should just not knock it away. Whatever. But that's a whole other story. But I think when you look at this, you see you try to project what it's going to be like, say, with another top-tier safety back there. And I I, I wouldn't have thrown that in, my, in that situation. I wouldn't have called that in that situation. That's a cojones that I wouldn't have done anyway on that one. But I think it's one of those things. You just got to wor- see – you got to worry about future teams and what happens with this if this was, say, it was a Super Bowl or something like that. You have a better defense that you have to go against. And may not have been a play call I would have called there. I probably would stay conservative and just run the ball and because then – if you miss it, if it's incomplete, you just gave the Giants life and they're marching back, potentially marching back the other way, even though their office was sputtering. You never know. It just all takes is one little mistake. And next thing you know, they, you give them life and it's a lot, possibly a lot closer to what it was. Uh, by the way, some good news. That's all we give you here on Birds 360. Oh, we got an award? Uh, no, from our buddy Mike Garofolo of NFL Media. Eagles received good news on Reed Blankenship's knee following scans today. Low-grade sprain, short-term injury, not a candidate for IR. Uh, So week to week, and I know there were some people yesterday throwing around those three letters that 
dare not we speak your game. A couple yeah. ACL throw around. So they were concerned about that after the game. Um, good news uh, for Reed Blankenship and the Eagles because, uh, yeah, they're banged up at safety. Yeah, and they, they, they need it back. And if it's even if it's two weeks, you know, if it's probably one lost week, Jody, but go ahead, Chris. Oh, uh, cool. If it's one week, uh, I think you can live with it. And it, yeah, as long as it's two weeks, like, because you need the safety depth too. So when you look at the way, like, when you look at basically, you got, if you can go Kayvon, you can go Josiah Scott if you need to. I probably would put him in there a little bit more than Kayvon, but I think overall, the fact that they get him back, they can still use their uh, three safety looks, their three safety packages, and still use them effectively. I think that's a that's a big deal for the Eagles because he not only added value in defense, he also a pretty decent special teams player too. So they 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 lucked out big time when it comes to that, and I'm I'm very sure they're happy to Overcare Center when hearing that news. Couple of yeah. major milestones met yesterday. Miles Sanders over a thousand yard first since Shady did it 2014. AJ Brown a thousand yard first wide receiver to do it since Macklin 2014. Jalen Hurts, 10 rushing touchdowns. Miles, 11 rushing touchdowns. This historic pace that this offense is on right now, is this the best offense the Philadelphia Eagles have ever had? I don't know. You know, those Frankfurt Yellow Jackets teams, you know, we all were there. We yeah, saw them. They were so names, right now. Franklin. Don't go Franklin <laughs> Yellow Jackets. Give me one player in the Franklin Yellow Jackets. I, I have no clue on that I one. <laughs> but the only, the only way you can really think of looking at dominance-wise is looking like, say, those Steve Van Buren teams, 48 and 49. That's when you start – you have to go start going back that far. That's just uh, – it's crazy to think about. And and you look at some of these – you even look at – the Andy Reid offenses when you when you had all the way they were churning out sometimes in 04, especially this is a better offense yeah. than the T.O. Donovan offense. Yeah. Well, yeah. I asked Nick that last week. I said, you know, he's been around. He loves Philip Rivers. You know that, Chris. He loved <laughs> Andrew Luck. Uh, he's had some really good quarterbacks in his past, and he admitted he's never been this versatile as an offense. You know, dual threat quarterbacks, you know. People have this old mentality that, oh, they're going to get hurt. They're going to get hurt. Um, it's not sustainable. Maybe it isn't sustainable. But when it's working, it's freaking difficult to stop. I know that. Um, and Jalen Hurts never takes big hits. Uh, uh, you know, people, he's very uh, cognizant of, of – of, He's very good. Some people don't have that knack for getting down when they need to get down, when they, you know, get out of bounds, when they need to get out of bounds. I've I've seen them take maybe two or three big hits this year. They're usually in the pocket. Yeah. Yeah. And, and getting back to it, when you look at not that, it's to look at the balance that this team has. I think when you look at the way that they're – people, you look at the way you stop the run, they can still – they get put 380 – on you. If you pass and start worrying about AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, they're going to run down your throats. It's the, I think that's the balance has been, has, has is what's impressed me, and also decision making of Hurts, which gets into when John, what you talked about when he came to hits too, because he's he's got that feel for a game, and when you're quarterback and you get that, you're in sync with everything that's going on. You start seeing that coverage, it's everything starts getting a lot easier for you, and I think he's just really in tune right now. He's to me, he's the MVP of the league right now. He's playing that way, and it just goes down from his decision making all the way to his throws to his to his running ability. 
Oh, did we freeze up Jody? I think we got a frozen Jody Mag tone. Is he frozen for you? Chris? Hey, yeah. I was, yeah, he was. I was saying, hey, Jody, uh, look. It's always but with one. streaming. <laughs> I never know if he's frozen for me, but he's talking to you. It's it's one of those things. But we'll we'll power through it. What you know, the defense doesn't get a lot of love because uh, of the explosion of the offense. We just talked about the superstars, Jalen Hurts, potential MVP. AJ Brown has been just unbelievable for this team. Dallas Goddard's coming back. I thought they would have a problem replacing Grant Calcaterra. Hey, let's get Grant Calcaterra involved. Let's <laughs> oh, great game plan for Grant Calcaterra. But this defense, and especially this front, I think it starts there. But I also want to give some love to TJ Edwards because TJ Edwards, man, I, you know, <laughs> he's good friends with TJ Watt, the TJs in the offseason. Um, uh, and they both work out together. And from day one, you know, TJ's remade his body. So people always go back to, oh, he ran a 487 and whatever it was, his pro day. Um, he can't cover, he covers everybody. He's one of the best coverage linebackers in the NFL. Why can't people put these sort of narratives and, and put them down and say, hey, you know what? People do improve. People do get better. Well, I think, I think a lot of it is like it's, it's first impressions. And when you hear, when you see a guy like TJ versus the guys, say, who's coming out of like Georgia or like say Dean or something like that, Kobe Dean or something like that, when you first seeing it, it's, it's about first impressions. And everybody's first impressions with him is, Wow, he's just a he's just a line plotting linebacker who can't cover. And people forget, like you mentioned, people forget that how well some of these guys can work uh, work out and work. You can learn stuff over time. And he's really impressed me when they go at Tampa two look or they tell them to go cover that deep part of the middle of the field. We saw it in the beginning of training camp this year, all the way through now. He's been deflecting passes left and right in the middle. Yeah. Of it. He's making it tougher. You got to really basically you gotta put some touch on that middle of the, of the field and. They got a tough decision to make. I mean, you got a guy, you got Dean win weight, and you have you got to make a decision which linebacker you're going to sign in a way. Because you got TJ Edwards who's playing a high level. I like Kaiser White the way he's playing. I think he's playing a high level on the outside as well too, and covering and covering some of the running backs and, and helping out on the edge. So they got some. It's, this offseason is going to be tough for him, but I think overall TJ yeah. Edwards is making a very very good case for him to remain in the middle. And a guy I was rooting for yesterday, and I checked my uh, wagering outlets. They don't <laughs> offer interceptions. I wanted to bet James Bradbury to get an INT yesterday in the worst way. Because we've seen the Eagles' revenge tour work pretty well this year. Guys <laughs> stepping up against their former team. I said, for sure, Bradbury's going to get an INT. And I was ready to wager on it. They They didn't offer it where I was looking which would actually save me some money. I thought Bradbury played well again, <laughs> made a couple of plays on the ball. They didn't throw at him all that much, probably smart on the Giants' part, um, but they didn't come up with an INT. How do you not resign him? If he's your key guy, do you just let him walk away? See, the things I want to know is, is how much first I think you have to because when it comes to the outer edge, I don't see a corner in the top five in the draft where the rules are going to be picking. I don't see a corner there that I'm thinking like he is worthy of that pick. I'm looking more Will Anderson. But uh, it's going to be tough. The one thing that the Eagles have in their benefit is that it looks like the cap's going to increase a decent amount with that new TV deal. So it gives you some flexibility and a better chance to do so. 
I just don't know. I think it's going to be one of those, somebody. I just really think somebody's going to come out of nowhere and offer a, a crazy amount of money just because we all know it's tough to find a good cornerback. And the way he's able, I think he's one. He's among the lead leaders in pass defended. He's, oh, played, he's among the lead leaders. In, yeah. yeah, QB rating against is tough, and teams are going to see that. Somebody's somebody's going to offer him. They should. Offer him a lot of money. And yeah. let me run one more guy by you. What do you do about BG? He has a big day yesterday. Now he's getting eight and a half sacks. He could get 10 sacks. You would love to think he'd want to come back and be an Eagle for his entire career. Do you try and get him on a hometown discount? Do you potentially run the risk of watching him walk out of town if you don't give him a fair market value? And your evaluation of fair market and mine could be different than Harry Roseman's and Brandon Graham's. We all might agree to disagree, but... How do you not bring BG back after the kind of year that he's having? What if there's another team that says, yeah, we'll pay him above and beyond market rate because look at what this guy's got left in the tank. We could use a motivator like a Brandon Graham in our locker room. What happens when he hits free agency? See, I know how he's not going to sign everybody because he learned his lesson from the 2017 team. <clears throat> Excuse me, from the 2017 team. But I think it's one of those guys, I think they also, the Eagles also learned a lesson when they let Brian Dawkins walk. And Graham's going to have a role in this organization no matter what, I think, or in the media in this area when it's all said and done. But I think this team learns that, you know what, keep him around for another year because this team might be very young next year with all those free agents. You might have backfill it with a lot of a lot of draft picks, and you need guys to show what the Eagle, so quote-unquote Eagle way, you know, you Patriots, but what the Eagle way is to do that. So I wouldn't be I think I think it'll meet somewhere in the middle. There's real. I think it's a, yeah. a lot of edge rushers coming out there, but BG's going to get a decent amount. I think next year, especially ten, like he's he's going to get ten sacks. I really think so. Even if he gets a straight hand one, like the at the end of the uh, season against the Giants, he's going to get his ten. But I think he'll be back, and it's going to be. A, yeah, he's enjoying the new role. And if there's one prediction I'm going to make, it's that Brandon Graham's going to be back. He doesn't want to yeah. leave. The Eagles don't want him to leave. It's their Walter Payton Man of the Year nom- nominees, a big part of this organization. And like Zach Berman, I mentioned, sets the energy for us, Chris Franklin. Brandon Graham sets the energy for the Eagles. They realize uh, what he means to this organization. I think he's going to be one of the e- easiest getbacks because both sides want to want him to be back. You know, I, I since we're talking about the defense, uh, I think it was D Gun. It might have been Mike missing out. He asked me on the Jacob Media post game show last night. They asked me who was the MVP of this defense. Who was the MVP of this defense? We know Jalen Hurts might be the MVP of the league, so it's kind of easy on the offensive side of the football with the importance. But you can make a case for Hassan Reddick. You can make a case for Javon Hargrave as interior pass rush. You can make a case for Slay. You can make a case for Bradbury. You could make a case for CJ, at least until he got injured. So he's kind of falling off. But I just picked the guy we 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 were talking about. I picked TJ Edwards. Who would be your pick? I'm t- I'm taking Slay. And the reason why I'm taking Slay is the fact that you can basically almost take half the field away. Well, you can. It's tough to throw against uh, Bradbury too. But in fact, you can take that the, that half the half away. Put him on a guy like put him on a guy like Justin Jefferson. We saw what he did against that. Now that you know you're only operating with half a field, now you got to worry about you trying to find the right way. Gannon puts guys in, in, in 
when supposedly he's on, he can put guys in their zones and photos or everything. Yeah, it takes a lot of time for a quarterback to look in the area the opposite way. Teams know you're going to go throw, not going to throw it slay, and that gives the the pass rush a lot a t- more time to go ahead and and sack the quarterback and get pressure on him too, and, th- and cause those mistakes. So for me, the weight what he's done not only on the field but as a captain too. I mean, we heard about Bradbury talk the way he, that uh, he talked about Bradbury made personally. He, he's energized. He's fit into that captain role very well. So I look at those two things overall, and I, I'm picking Slay to be the uh, I'm picking Slay to be the uh, MVP in the defense. Edwards would be my second choice, John, and it's really close. But yeah, I'm going Reddick. Do you realize that he played 86 percent of the snaps? Yeah, yesterday? he played a lot yesterday. At I, defensive I, I, end, which is yeah. a rotational position, DJ Edwards only played 70 some odd snaps. Reddick played 86 percent of the snaps. And he gets double-digit sacks, third straight year, third different team, never been done before in the NFL. The Eagles finished where in sacks last year in the National Football League? 31st. Where are they now? Actually, 30th. They were tied for second to last. So we'll give them that. And where are they right now? (laughs) Number one. Number one. And Without blitzing, by the way, people. For the most part, they get home with Reddick doesn't need help. He gets there just by blown by his guy. They really got something going with that stunt they run with Hassan and, and Butcher Cox uh, mm-hmm. on the left side. It's they really got something going with that. This is a this is this team is so good. It's boring. I, I told it's like a Madden that. team. It's like yeah. playing Madden on easy the last couple of weeks. It's like okay, all right, just put you just roll wave after wave. It's like how he had to cheat code and just went there, start using free agency, got rid of the salary cap, somehow found a way to get all these other guys and. And, and as key with Fletcher Cox, you mentioned, the, look, you, you see the benefits of signing involved Joseph and Dominican Sue because now he's down on the field as much, and he's looked a lot like a completely different player too. All right. I want to thank the Philadelphia Eagles for the last couple of weeks for blowing out their opponents because I got to kind of pay attention to the other games because I'm a CBS afterwards, <laughs> so I have to talk about them as well. I go back and rewatch Eagles, <laughs> but I don't have to watch every single play. And it was really easy yesterday when, as John said, it was 21 to nothing. It was basically over. Uh, All right, Chris Franklin, looking ahead, Chicago Bears this week. I'm going to give you an under-over. Okay. Rushing yards by Justin Fields. This is one thing the Eagles haven't really faced this year. A true Taylor Heineke made a couple of plays with his legs, and that was the only game they lost. Daniel Jones is a quarterback run. Shoot, I didn't even notice until yesterday. He's now rushed for more yards this season than any giant quarterback ever has. Well, the Giants have never really had a rushing quarterback, but give Daniel Jones at least that much credit. Justin Fields is the number one rusher in the NFL at the quarterback position. Averages 75 yards a game on the ground. So I'm going 74 and a half. Justin Fields rushing yards this Sunday against the Eagle defense. You going under or over? I'm going under because I think the way they're going to, I think they're going to mush rush it a little bit and control them and contain them in the pocket. And that's the case. So you have to worry about, Chase Claypool, Cole Komet. I think the Eagles will do that. So oh, I think I think they will. I want to make outside. a prediction on this, Jody. I'm gonna I'm gonna go way over. I'm gonna go <laughs> way over seventy five, and I'm gonna say Eagles fans lose their mind because Justin Fields going to run for one twenty or so. Oh, hundred twenty! Holy crap! I'm going that, that high. Yeah, I'll put a and, coffee bet on that. Well, you know why? Because the Bears can't do anything else. And he just runs <laughs> around, and he's so athletic. So he's going to break off two long runs. That's going to be 80. 
of it, people are going to lose their minds thinking they're going to see Justin Fields every week running around like a nut because <laughs> they don't have an offensive scheme or an offensive game plan. And it's not going to matter in the big picture, but he's going to run for a lot of yards. Now, I don't know if he's healthy. I know he was banged up, so that's got to factor into it. But he's all they have. He's all they have. Right. And, that's and other teams, I'm sure, have tried to mush rush against him, yeah. and he's gone for 900 yards. So I don't know this great strategy by the defense coordinator will be in place. But I'll tell you why I might take under, because of something that Chris Franklin said earlier. Kayvon Wallace, good against the run. Kayvon Wallace, not so good in pass coverage, but he's good at coming in, giving assistance in the box. Maybe Kayvon gets a bunch of tackles and holds them yeah. under 75. They, they have a Buddy Ryan offensive scheme. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I got it's nothing. Uh, Justin, go do something. And it's usually a run. That's their <laughs> offensive scheme. It will we'll be fun next week. Uh, Mr. Franklin, thank you, as always, for coming on board with us. Uh, we will talk to you after next Sunday's game, which was – all right, one more. Uh, percentage chance the Eagles win like next week against the Bears. Whether Frank, whether uh, Justin Fields goes for 70 or a buck 20, Johnny Max at the bar high. Either way, what's the percentage Eagles uh, get to 13-1 uh, 13, 13 now? I'm going to go with 75 because the only reason I'm going to say five, I don't know what the weather is going to be like. And if there's some freak snowstorm uh, yeah, in the I middle of it, I got to look at it. But right, if, if it's going to be sunny and clear or something like that for it, I think it goes up to 90. But it's uh, – it, Maybe it's, I jumped the gun. But he's going to – he's all they have is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The fact they came out with nine, it opened up at minus nine. And the Eagles were favored by nine. Yeah, it's, it's – the Eagles nine, on, nine on the road is is some respect. That's C Franklin <laughs> news, by the way. Follow Chris uh, nj.com backslash Eagles does a tremendous, tremendous job uh, there and with us, by the way. Thank you, Chris. Thank you guys. Thank you guys very much. Y'all have a good one. The coffee bet's still on. I'm sorry. There you go. <laughs> Chris Franklin here with us on Bird 365. All right, quickie timeout. Uh, my computer went down on me a couple times there, Johnny Mac. I disappear. I like the Eagle defense, make people disappear. Yeah, Maybe man. they did that to me too. But uh, I'm back, and we're coming back to put a bow on the show. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, 
and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Appreciate you jumping on in here on Birds 365. Good show this morning. How could it not be after Eagles did what they did to the Giants yesterday? Thank all of you streamed in. We got up and over a 700 number today, which is new heights for us. And uh, at least as per the stream, we got over 100 likes today. So thank you very much for hitting that like button. We need help with our algorithm. Not as much as ESPN does with theirs. It somehow still has the Cowboys as the team most likely to win the Super Bowl. They really got to look into that algorithm. Doesn't make any sense. But thank you. If uh, you didn't today, go ahead and do it before you sign out today. You hit the like button for us here on Birds 365. All right, Johnny Mac, last thing. One question you need to answer for me. What will the Pander-in-Chief be donning today? For his day after news gathering with you guys. Oh, uh, yeah, it's going to be Eagles related. Uh, lately, he's just gone with the sweatshirt because it's cold. So it hasn't been. Uh, he basic might... Eagles hoodie. Is that what we're talking yeah, here? Basic Eagles hoodie. I'm going to go. Maybe yeah. some Lane Johnson. Maybe a Lane Johnson hoodie. Um, but I'm going to go basic Eagles hoodie. Would be my best guess. Did they come out with any swag with the Christmas album? Nah, I'm sure they have, but Nick hasn't worn it yet. Uh, somehow they got the peanuts uh, trademark to use for that thing. I don't know how they got that, but uh, peanuts um, trademark. What are you talking about? Snoopy, you know Charlie Brown. The the cover of the. Uh, have you not seen the cover? No. Yeah, it's got a peanuts vibe to really? it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they must have cut a deal with somebody to do that. Yeah. Well, more, more power to them. Hope knowing that uh, funds go to charity, that they do great with that. I'm not a vinyl guy. I was a vinyl guy. I do not have a record player. I kept. How long did you keep a record player before your wife said or somebody told you throw that thing out? We're uh, never going yeah, to listen. Not long. I, I've, again. I've never had. I haven't had one for a long time. I couldn't tell you. Uh, probably. I when kept I was one for the longest time. Up. 
I'm telling uh, I up until about five years ago, I still had a record player. I don't have one yeah. anymore. So I, you I have 38s for that record player. I can't I say had that. 38, 38s, but yeah. they, when, I, when I threw the record player out, I threw up. Uh, now, there's, you know, I guarantee you there's still some vinyl left in this house. Even the way we have no way to listen to it. There are probably some records. By the way, how, mu how much time? I want to yell this real quick. 12 for 88, 14 for 82, 8 for 60, 15 for 178, 13 for 147, 18 for 85. When Chicago figured out they had nothing left, nothing else, that's what they've done with, with Justin Fields. Now, the thing that complicates matters, he was inactive, he was hurt, he came back last week, it was only 6 for 71. So I don't know how healthy he is, but... They were just, they went to the point where they said, we got nothing else. Just run it, Justin. Just run it. All right. So you got over 75. You got over 119. So I got over 75. All you have to do, he averages 75 per game. So that's the number he's got to hit. We'll see if he hits it. Uh, partner, I say we do this again tomorrow. The Eagles are still going to be 12 away when we get together tomorrow. You up for it? Let's do it. We will be back in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.